Um, great to see everybody. Kamar Simitova. I uh, hope Rosh Hashanah was good. Um, just, uh, I guess, a quick, I just wanted to throw out there, a quick reminder for those who are uh, supporting this year on Patreon. Uh, it does renew on the 1st of October. So if you, for whatever reason, need to adjust your uh, Patreon settings, so just be, uh, be aware of that. Um, and obviously, if you're not supporting this year, that's totally fine. And we love you anyway. Um, and we appreciate you being here slash listening on, uh, on the podcast. Okay, Vayelech is the uh, shortest Parsha in the Chumash, um, and But there's plenty of stuff going on. Uh, obviously, with this being Shabbos Shuva uh, and Yom Kippur being right around uh, right around the corner, just to, again to recap the parsha, super short. Um, Moshe basically says, "All right, I'm out, everybody. I'll see you later." Yeshua uh, is the next leader. Chazak uh, ve'amatz, be strong and courageous. There's a mitzvah, mitzvah of Hakel. Uh, there's a mitzvah to write or Sefer Torah, um, and then just to recap that the Torah is basically the testimony of the bris between. Uh, Akash Baruch Hu and Bnei Israel. So let's just talk about a couple of things, uh, and then we'll talk about Shabbos Shuva. The fact that uh, we, the Haftorah says Shuva Yisrael, everybody do Shuva, etc., etc. So first of all, Vayelech Moshe. Pazik starts Vayelech Moshe. This is the last, you know, as uh, explained, the Rashi explains the last day of Moshe's life. Um, and if you're fascinating, Rabbi um, Golden, what's his first name? Yossi is his son. What's his name? Uh, I forget already. Oh, that's Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel Golden, I apologize. Rabbi Shmuel Golden points out if it's fascinating when you compare the 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 description of Moshe uh, to the description of Avram. What what in the world does Moshe have to do with Avram? So Avram was told, as we read on Rosh Hashanah, Lech Lecha, right? Lech Lecha, right? Twice, by the Akedah and by going to Eretz Yisrael. M- Moshe, on the other hand, his life was bracketed by Vayelech. Right, again, the same verb, just a little bit differently, right? Avram was told, lech lecha, go travel, go accomplish, go grow right, on the path. Moshe, right, end of his life was vayelech, and the beginning of his life also was vayelech. So the Puzzle says, vayelech ishim beis levi, vayelech bas levi. That was Moshe's birth or conception, or whatever you want to call it. So Moshe's life was bracketed by vayelech. Um, and the message is, Golden brings it out well, it's, it's not to compare Moshe and Avram, uh, but just in, in, in a time when there is no more uh, guidance in terms of Navua, uh, it's telling that Moshe right, was, did it on himself, did it on his own. Right? Again, Vayelech is Moshe took the initiative and he got up and he traveled and he accomplished uh, on his own. Right? Avram was kind of guided. That was already you know, the times of the Avos. So Kosh Baruch gave them direction. Uh, but after, after Maimon Arsinai, Moshe was the one who kind of, Vayelech, he t- took the initiative on his own. Right? And he was, right, the Medrash says, I like to quote the Medrash at the end of the Chumash, uh, that I heard from Rav Chagar Raviv, right, the Medrash there says that Moshe, uh, when it was time to die, Malachim Avos couldn't find him. Malachim Avos went to Egypt, couldn't find him. Went to Kriyas Yamsuf, couldn't find him. Went to Arsinai, couldn't find him. Went to different places in the, in the desert, Moab, Sicho and Oak, right? All these different places couldn't find him. Finally, Malach Mavis gave up, and Hashem said, "All right, I'll take him." So, what is it? What's going on over there? So, the idea is that Moshe never settled; he never stopped growing. Right? He could have rested on his laurels, but he was always Vayilech. He was always going, and right? he was always trying to accomplish. So, that is like the model for the post Nevuah, post Matan Torah, Har Sinai type world. Right? We have our own hints and messages, but you know we're not getting God's word straight our God's word straight to our heads. Uh, we need to vayilech on our own. Right? We have to kind of pick ourselves up and 
and make the effort, and Kosh Baruch Hu will get there. Right? We'll talk about Veshavta Ad Hashem Alokecha, Shuvah Yisrael Ad Hashem Alokecha, to Kosh Baruch Hu, do Shuvah to Hashem. And the idea is that a person has to pick themselves up and, and meet a Kosh Baruch Hu there, right, to, to start the, the the journey, and then a Kosh Baruch Hu will meet him in the middle. Uh, so that's, I just thought that was an interesting uh, insight into Vayelech. Um, the second thing I wanted to just mention is is Hakel. Hakel is a mitzvah we're actually doing this year, after the Shemitah year, right, there's a mitzvah to gather all of Am Yisrael, the Hanashim v'Nashim v'Nataf, the men, women, and children. Everybody comes to the Beis HaMikdash and hears the king read from Sefer Dvarim, amongst other things. Right, basically, this is a mitzvah that happens once every seven years, and we're doing it now uh, on like a week from Tuesday or something. There'll be a big zecher l'hakel. It's not obviously hakel, it's derabonon. There'll be a big zecher l'hakel in the Beis HaMikdash. Or in the uh, in the old city in the, in the by the Kotel. Um, what is the deal with Hakel? What is this? What is this mitzvah? So the Torah says the entire purpose of the the gathering of the Hakel was Laman Yishmu, right? So that they should hear Ulaman Yilamdu, so that they should learn. And what's the goal? What should they hear and learn? Viyaru as Hashem and you should have Yira Hashem to learn and look and fear. And have a fear or awe or a healthy set, sense of respect with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So it, sound, and it says the Slonim Rebbe. It sounds very similar to what Moshe said earlier in Sefer Tzvarim, right? What does God want from you, right? Kim right? To, to have years Hashem to fear Kaddish Baruch Hu. Right? The puzzle goes on there, but years Hashem that that seems to be the goal. It says the Slonim Rebbe. We know that there are two types of two ways that you worship a Kaddish Baruch Hu. One is from Yira, from fear. And the other one is from Ava, right? It's through through learn, through loving Hashem, Ava Hashem. And we know the greater level is Ava Hashem. So the question is, why does it seem that over here, right, by by both by Hakel and, and earlier in Sefer Tzvarim, why did, why are we emphasizing the Yira so much? So just as an, as an aside, the times nowadays, right, the times of the Yom Noraim, right, Yom Noraim is the same shorish as Yira, right? It's uh, or, ish, or at least if they're related, if they're not exactly the same shorish. But it, this is a time of Yira's Hashem. Well, we're working on a Yira's Hashem. That Hashem Melech, right? Hashem is the King. Uh, we are terrified of the judgments, right? We're begging Hashem for mercy, right? That uh, Yira, this this is the theme for nowadays. But why is it specifically found, right, by Hakel? So Nesiv Shalom says. That we know that a Kosh Baruch Hu put a Yitzhahara into a person. Right? The Pazik says in Bracious, we'll read a couple of weeks. On the, on the seventh day, Hashem saw that everything he had, that he had made, Tov Ma'od. Right? It says Tov by all the other days, and it says by the seventh day, it says Tov Ma'od. You know what Tov Ma'od is? So Rashi there says Yitzhahara. Kosh Baruch Hu saw that the Yitzhahara was very good. Why? Because you know, man has evil inside of him, because so that there's a choice. Right, so that he or she has bechira. Right, if everything was all good, man didn't have a yitzhara, so we just serve a gosh baruch Hu and and be done with it. Right, there wouldn't be any uh, accomplishment in this world. Uh, so that's our life goal. Right, our life goal is to overcome the evil inside, like we've been talking about in the Mishnah So yiras Hashem, yiras shemaim, right, is the only way, says in the Salam to counteract right the evil that we have inside. Right, only when a person has a healthy sense of fear, of awe, of respect. Right? Can they uproot the Yitzhahara? So the advice that, that the Pasuk is giving is to beat the Yitzhahara is Yerashish Chachma Yeras Hashem. Right? Be the beginning of Chachma, the beginning of intelligence, of, of knowledge, is Yeras Shemayim. Because right? if you don't start with Yira, right, that person's heart can take you in many different ways. 
Right, I like to quote uh, the Malbim by Avram and Avimelech. Avram goes to Gerar, and Avimelech takes Sarah, and Avram obviously gets her back. And Avimelech asks Avram, "Why did you? What did you see in my town that made you say that she was your sister?" But Avimelech wasn't dumb; he was a smart guy. So why did you do this? Right, you must have done it for a reason. So Avram said to him, "Rak ain yiras The only problem with this place that there is no yiras shemayim. There was no yira. There was no fear of heaven. Says the Malbim, because Gerar at that time was the most advanced country slash city slash society, whatever, of the time. They were logical, they had good laws, they were good people, etc. Avram said, none of it matters. Right? If you don't have your Shemaim, your brain can decide this is the law one day, and your heart can seduce you and you can decide that this is the law the next day. Right? So only the only thing that keeps that in place is your Shemaim. Says the Salam Rebbe, that's the basis for everything. Right, that a person has to work on their yura. Right? We like to walk around in life thinking that everything is fine, we don't worry about anything, we don't take anything seriously. Now, there is a mila for that, right? always being besimcha, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking that there's a besimcha that's carefree and careless, and a besimcha that has a healthy sense of responsibility and, and, and seriousness. Uh, there's a terrible lacking when, when you walk around, for someone who would walk around and be like, yeah, I'll be fine. Right, the Pesach says, Torah says, Beferish, and I think it's Parshas Ekev, right, it says explicitly, don't just walking around, don't just walk around, right, maybe that's in the Tzavim, uh, I don't remember, but either way, uh, the Pesach says, don't just walk around and be like, everything will be fine, right, you have to have, uh, you have to real, have a healthy sense of seriousness, uh, and balancing that with happiness. Now, it's no good to be depressed and terrified, absolutely. Obviously, that's ridiculous. But a real sense of healthy yura is important and needs to be worked for. And uh, now, the, problem, the question is how you get there, right? How do you get this yura? Um, and well, again, and the idea is that Hakel should strike, you know, fear and yura Hashem into everybody's hearts. And if that's the goal, that's the psukim that you read, right? They're not bringing. When they come to Beis Hamikdash for Hakel, you don't read stories about Avramov. You know, you read Psukim and Dvarim, right? Dvarim, as we've been talking over the past couple of weeks, Dvarim is serious muster, right? So that's the goal of the, to build the Yerush Shemayim and Am Yisrael. But how do we build our own Yerush Shemayim? Well, uh, you can listen to stories of Emas Hadin, right? Emas Hadin is is the ter- terrifyingness of of the judgment. Uh, you know, I mean, you hear sad stories, and you don't just brush them off and ignore them, right? You have to think about them. I have a friend of mine who went to Kol in Gross. Um, his brother he lives in the West Bank. He lives in, in Adam. So his brother was giving a shear over Shabbos, had a massive heart attack, and he's, he's not going to survive. Tremendous tzaddik. I know him personally. I know him personally. He's got uh, six or seven kids, another one on the way. Tremendous. Just stop. Just stop. Coach Barkley took him. Stop. That, that's terrifying. That's that's Ema Sadin. That's Mamish, you know, there's nothing to say. What can you say? But Baruch Tai Namas, and, and that's, that that gives a person a healthy sense of, of, of seriousness. As, uh, as something happened, you know, as, again, everybody has stories like this, right? Again, the Pesach says, Bekrovaya Kadesh, that Kosh Baruch who sometimes take, takes, right, the, the ones that are closest to him, right? When he took Nodavin of you, Moshe consoled Aaron and said, listen, this is what it means, Bekrovaya Kadesh, that Kosh Baruch will, will be sanctified through the people who are close to him. Right, we say sometimes Baruch Dynamis because we can't we can't know. Right, and so 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 one of the ways to have a year as Shemayim is not to you know brush those stories off, but take them to heart. Uh, you know, maybe go to a Levaya, go to a Shiva house, not for fun, but like because you know if you know someone, so it's a tremendous mitzvah. You know, I personally used to hate that stuff. I used to I used to hide and run away from that stuff. It's awkward. They're not going to see you anyway. What do you even say to that? But but it's important. But it's important. Again, Shlomo Malik says in Kohelis, 
right? Better that to go to a base avil, right? Tovel alechas the base avil, milechas the base amishta. It's better to go to a shiva house than to go to a party, right? And he says because vachay yitain alibo, because the person who's alive will put that that result in their heart, uh, and their life will be better for it. Now again, it's not it's not because you're supposed to go around being depressed. It's because you need, there needs to be a healthy sense of yira and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Right is a time when we can work on that when uh, when we're when we're faced with the emas adin and and we have to take that seriously, right? So that's the purpose. That's what we're talking about over here. The Islam Rebbe says that that's the purpose of hakel. That year is the basis for Torah mitzvos, and that's the way that you can attack the root uh, of evil in in a person. Right? You can't uh, you know get out. Of, you can't uproot a tree if you're hacking at the branches. Right? Year gets to the root of of the situation because if you have a healthy sense of seriousness, so then you know you can tell the yitzharah no, etc. etc. Okay, just not. I saw at the end he like ends on a, like a at the end of that piece over there. He ends on like a happy note. And, and Mag, apparently, Magid Mezrich says that a person when a person works on their yira, they're gifted ava as well. That the ava comes on the back of yira. That a person will end up loving a kosh baruch also. That and that's a matana. That's a gift. Okay, just to to end off on a, a bit more upbeat note. Um, another pasuk in the Torah in, the, in this week's parsha, uh, bunch of songs with this pasuk. Um, which is interesting because it's kind of uh, oh whatever it's a little bit serious. But says says right now Moshe says Bnei Yisrael write down this shira, write down this song. Lamda es Bnei Yisrael teach it to Bnei Yisrael sima bepihem put it in their mouths. We'll talk about that's three levels right that's three things write it down teach it to them and put it in their mouths. We'll talk about what that means in a second. But shira hazos laad Yisrael so that this song will always be. There for Am Yisrael. So there's a big machlokas, as you might imagine, right? What this is referring to, right? What song are we talking about? So Rashi and the Ramban say it's the song that we're about to read next week, right? Next week's parsha, parsha Hazino, is a song. If you look in the Torah, it's written in this kind of funny, funny bricked kind of Az Yashir type uh, situation. Not exactly the same, but it's a song. It's it's uh, also a blessing, curses, prophecies, uh, written in allegorical, very difficult language. Um, it's it's referred to as a song. The Rambam, though, in the Sefer Chinuch, based on the Gemara Sanhedrin, says that this is the source for the mitzvah that each person has to write a Sefer Torah. Each person has to write a Sefer Torah. At first glance, this is a very strange mitzvah, because after all, we're not commanded to grow our own esrogim, right, or to buy some cattle to make tefillin, or to, you know, buy a vat of wax and make your own Shabbos candles. It's very strange, right? Again, we're obviously all commanded to learn Torah. Why would it be a mitzvah to write our own Torah? So as you might imagine, this is a bit different, right? As, and, and Chazal explained that probably in the way which you're thinking, right? That, uh, for example, the Torah Tamima says that, uh, you know, what's what's the deal? The, the whole point is that that there should be more Seferi Torah in the world, right? If there's more books and more texts and more availability for people to learn, right? So then that causes Torah to be learned, and more truth to be spread out uh, into the world. And, that, and you find that language in the Gemara Menachos also, uh, that if you buy a Sefer Torah, it's as if you gr- stole a mitzvah from the marketplace, but if you write one, it's as if you got the Torah from Arsina. And again, that's what Rashi's saying, that there are two levels over here. That there's, yeah, you can own a Sefer Torah, that's great, but to write one, to increase the amount of physical Torahs in the world, right, that's a tremendous mitzvah. Right? It's very clear that the mitzvah is to increase the amount of Torah that can be learned. So that when the Baal Turim says, right, the Baal Turim, if you ever look at the Baal Turim on the Chumash, she has a lot of really crazy gematria. Now, some people are into this. I'm not so into it, but sometimes sometimes they're really awesome. So he says that Velamda Esbenei Yisrael, that's a gematria of Hain Torah Shevich Sav, 
And Simba Bafihem, the next line in the Pasuk, is Zed Talmud. So, basically pointing out that this refers to both the written Torah and the oral Torah. Right? Both Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat Seems to be saying that the whole point is to not only to write a physical Sefer Torah, but also to have, you know, Gemaras, etc. And to be Marbid's Torah, to spread Torah throughout the world. Because, again, you can't understand the written Torah without the oral Torah. Right? That's what it does. And that's why it makes a lot of sense that you can, the Taz writes nowadays, that you, we can fulfill this mitzvah not by writing a Sefer Torah necessarily, although that's cool, but by buying Sfarim. Right? When we buy Sfarim, we fulfill this mitzvah. Right? That, uh, yes, in Echonomias, an English Sefer on the Chumash is not a Sefer Torah, but yes, it is for this purpose, right? Now there's another Sefer in the world. Right? Before you bought that, that was languishing on a, on a shelf in Eichler's, never to be noticed. Now you bought it, now you're reading it, now it's on your shelf. It's available to others to read, and even if you're not reading it, it's on your shelf. Believe me, the books you have on your shelf, regardless of whether they are read or not, are going to impact the vibe in the house. If your shelves in your living room are filled with fantasy novels, so that's going to be the vibe in the house. If your shelves in your living room are filled with swarim, that's a very different vibe. Right? That's a very, very different vibe. And this is one of the most, I would argue, one of the more important mitzvahs in the Torah. Because thinking about being Marbit's Torah, thinking about what, very often we're very concerned with our own Torah learning. But being Marbit's Torah, spreading Torah in the world for other people, right? we often don't think about that. We often don't think about helping other people learn. Right? We think about that we'll go to a shir, God bless you, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll study a little bit, but we don't often arrange you know, other shirim or buy a safer for somebody else. Right? Again, you know, it, it is wonderful. It is a very nice thing to do. Again, you should buy Sephardim all the time. Right? It's an investment, even though they're very expensive, but it's an investment. It's going to be in your family forever. It's going to influence your family forever. Um, but it is important to think about this, right? The concept here of being Marbid's Torah, of increasing the amount of Torah and truth in the world, not only for your own limud, Right, but also for other people, um, certainly now we're approaching Yom Kippur, right? we, can start, we don't only have to think about the things we did badly to other people, right? we can also start thinking about things that we can do positive with other people to try and help them grow. Uh, and not just like, you know, the Lush and Hara that we spoke about that, right? But Amla Chavero swings both ways, right? Both negative and positive. So it's very of to think about, you know, how we can help uh, other people uh, grow as well, uh, just like you are. Okay, um, another Pusik, another Pusik, what Moshe is giving Bnei Yisrael Musr in this week's parsha. he says, I know how rebellious you are, I know about your stiff neck, when I was still alive with you, right, Moshe already was, uh, you know, basically on death's door, when I was already alive, alive with you, right, even when I was alive with you, back in the day, you were rebellious with Hashem, I'm sure you're going to do it after I die. Now, the language of the Pasuk is, Moshe is, you know, is being pretty devastating. I know you rebelled when I was alive, and I know you're going to rebel when you die. But there's one word in there that seems to be a little weird. I'm not sure if you caught it. Moshe says, when I was still alive, Mamrim Heisem Im Hashem, that you were rebellious with God. Now, that's strange. It should have said, probably, you were rebellious against God. Right? So, the Nitzv writes... I've mentioned this before in the last couple of parshas. I'm not sure, but either way, regardless, I'll mention it again. Um, the Nitziv says in Ayimek Davar, he says that Moshe is not talking about like when they did a Vodazara, right? He's already ripped them for the golden calf and the Miraglim and all this stuff. He says, no. He says, it, it's not about a Vodazara. He says, when you were with Hashem, 
you were still mamrim. You were still rebelling against him. And just to read his language, because it's very, very powerful, right? You were rebellious. You didn't conduct yourselves, right, in the highest level, which is terrifying. But basically what the Tziv is saying, right, is that it's talking about, the Pazik is talking about a from guy, a from girl. She learns, she goes to shul, gets stuck, etc. But she's not on the level that she's capable of reaching, right? She has much more potential, inside there but you don't reach it right and that's what Moshe was giving them muster for says that it's it that they were and they, to the point where he calls it rebellious right if you could hit level 96 and you're hanging out on level 52 so that Moshe calls is according to the tzif that's a rebellion against Kosh Baruch Hu, right and that is a tremendous muster meaning that we all have a higher level inside of us right we all have an extra gear that for whatever reason we're afraid to get to Right and Moshe is telling Benesra, listen, don't settle for mediocrity. Don't be mediocre. Climb as high as you can go. Now, that's hard to swallow, um, but it's important to kind of realize that we shouldn't sell ourselves short. The Yitzhahara is very good. When everything else fails and you're doing mitzvahs and you're doing well, the Yitzhahara has one or many tricks up his sleeve, and one of them is just to sell yourself short. Okay, just learn a few minutes. Okay, just don't speak Lashon Hara for five minutes. Okay, go to Shulver Chakras, but get out of there before Musaf because whatever. You know, the Yitzhahara is very good at making ourselves sell, us, sell ourselves short, and we can accomplish things that we didn't even imagine. Right? Just, again, in my, own, in my own personal life, I never, ever, 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 ever thought I would be giving a Daf Yomi Shir, um, and I'm going on two and a half years, and well, it's almost three, I guess. Uh, and not because like I'm a great genius. It's because someone literally just asked me, "Oh, by the way, you want to give it to Fiomishir?" And I was like, "Sure, I'll take the I'll take the plunge. I'll, if I if I can't hand, hack it, I'll just stop." And sure enough, it's almost three years later, and we're almost halfway, basically halfway done. So you can you can always 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 do a little bit more. And I'm not saying you should push yourself to the point you break, but it's it's very good to push yourself. Now, what are these levels? Just to clarify, just to, to give an example from the Chumash. From this week's parsha, I promised I would get to this. Um, there's one puzzle in this parsha which sheds light on just how far a person can go. It's specifically talking about uh, learning Torah. Right? Again, Moshe had said, right, about Write down, right, this Shira, let's say it's the Torah. Write down this Torah. Lamda Bnei Israel, teach it to Bnei Israel, and Sima Bafiam, put it in their hand, put it in their mouth. Right? That seems to be three levels, right? Writing, teaching, and let's say knowing it by heart. So the first level, Lechora, is Kisvu Lechem, is writing it, right? People who can understand what's written, right? People can understand Chumash, they can understand Ashir on Shabbos, maybe they can do Shnai Mikra, that's one level. Second level, Velamda, these people can learn, right? People can learn a Black Amara, they can learn Halacha, they can maybe give a Shir, they can definitely understand a Shir, right? They go to, you know, they can get the, the second level sources. But there's a third, there's a third level um, that seems to be discussed over here, um, and that's Sima Bafiyam. Right, put it in their mouths. Right, what, what, what is when a person is just talking Torah all the time, right? When, when the Torah is in your mouth, quote unquote, right? So that is, uh, that is a, a higher level, right? This, for, aside from the fact that a person is always learning, if that's always what you're talking about, right? So that's you're living that life, right? Uh, to this, to this type of person, Torah is life, right? That's that's what they talk about when they hang out with their friends. Like, hey, I just heard this great thing. It sounds completely dorky and dweeby, but there are people like this. There are many, many people like this who just like, they see their friends and be like, let me just tell you, I just saw this great shot in, I don't know, in the Sea of Shalom. This is the level you can get to. 
Right? Maybe not all the time. Right? Not all the time. And maybe when we none of us will learn Kola Torah Kula. Uh, and, you know, maybe we're not going to be like Rav Chaim Kanievsky, who made a seal on Torah every single year. But we can do something along those lines. Uh, we can start learning, uh, let's say, a Halacha Yomi, again, uh, whatever, or a Mishnah Yomi, one Mishnah a day, one Halacha a day, right? one Shnai Mikra a day, you can learn, you can do an Aliyah a day. Right? That, okay, we're not going to hit Rav Chaim's level, that's fine. But in our own way, we can definitely definitely uh, level up, we can definitely push up. I heard about, uh, it was said about Rav Soloveitchik, that the hardest place in the world for him to go was the bathroom. Because you can't think about Torah in the bathroom, and it was so hard for him to stop thinking about it, because that's basically all he thought about. Right, again, obviously, not not everyone is going to s- drop everything and become an obsessive tamachakam. Obviously, I, I'm aware. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say that, but uh, but we definitely have an obligation to kind of push up. Um, you know, whatever whatever example you can think about, the hilchas lashon hara while you're waiting for the bus or the subway or muster uh, safer listening to a shir instead of music or whatever it is. Right, there's definitely something that we can do. Right, and don't sell yourself short. You can you can definitely accomplish it. Okay, just a little bit about Shabbat Shuvah, um, about the Haftorah. The Torah, the Haftorah starts right. Shuva Yisrael ad Hashem Elokecha, kikashal tabavonecha. Right, return Bnei Yisrael to Akash Baruch because you have tripped up right, with your sins, and it's obviously. Uh, Baruch Hu telling us, telling the Navi to tell Bnei Yisrael, right, to do tshuva. So there are a lot of, obviously, tremendous amount of vortlach on this, why is it called Shabbat Shuvah, etc. Um, but I just wanted to mention three of them. Uh, the Ish Kodesh, right, the Piazetz Nerevo, again, wrote, wrote the Ish Kodesh while it was in the Warsaw Ghetto. So, he harps in the language, Ad Hashem Lokecha. What does it mean to return to Hashem? So we gave one shot before that it means that you have to kind of take the first step and a coach Baruch will help you and meet you halfway but you have to go towards Hashem so the Ishkodesh learns a little bit different he says Tshuva is not only removing sins in your life now let's say a person struggles with uh, classic, a cheeseburger kashras so a person could be like alright no more cheeseburgers but, and that and that, that's great and that's important and that's super chashiv but if you don't attack the root right that's that's treating the symptom. Right, that's that's just like okay. I'm gonna try not to have cheeseburgers. Right, and, and the next time you're faced with that, so you may be successful, you may fail. Right, it says the Ish Kodesh, it Shuvah Hashem Ad Hashem The goal here is to change the direction of your life. Right, the direction, the goal is to go in the direction of a Kosh Baruch Hu, is to be a Ben or Bas Aliyah, be a person of growth. Right, and how do you see that? So he says a fascinating, again, I'm not sure I understand it 100%. He says a fascinating example from Akash Baruch Hu himself. And that Akash Baruch Hu himself, Kiviyachal, <coughs> is a Ben Aliyah. What does that mean? Quote several Mamari Chazal, that Akash Baruch Hu is Mikhaim the entire, the entire Torah. Kiviyachal. Right? It says in Shmos Rabbah, Yerushalmi, and Rosh Hashanah, how does Hashem do the entire Torah? How does he do Tshuva, for example? How does Hashem do better? What does that mean? So Pizetz and Rebbe says, we have Sukim. And the Pazik says, right, that a Kosh Baruch Hu regretted the evil that the Pazik is by the golden calf. He quote-unquote regretted the evil, that the fact that he had promised to wipe out Bnei Israel. Obviously, all this is anthropomorphic. Obviously, Kosh Baruch Hu doesn't really regret it or whatever, but let's just use the Pazukim to teach us a lesson. So Hashem was Vayinachem. He regretted that he was going to destroy Am Yisrael by the Egel Azov. So says the Pizetz Nerev, this is setting an example for us, right? The first step of Tshuva is Vayinachem, is to regret. But says the Rebbe, right, the regret, if the regret is just for the bad action, then it's incomplete. Right? The person stays in that same status what they're in. They're not focused on a Kosh Baruch Hu. Who says the sin won't happen again? So that's what they says. He quotes another Pesach in Tehillim. The Pesach says, again, 
you've uh, you've heard this Shuva Hashem Ad Masai Vinachem Al Avadecha. Right, until when will the tshuva of Kadosh Baruch will be vihinachem? Right, will will be just a regret of actions without actually changing the status. Rather, Davar Melech says, "Savenu b'boker chastecha uranana v'nismecha b'chol yamein," meaning change our situation completely. Right, let us rejoice with the Kadosh Baruch <coughs> Sorry, and this is basically the model. Basically, the Pesachim Rebbe says this is the model for our tshuva, not only centered on actions, which is good, which is important and crucial. We definitely have to think about specific individual averos and mitzvos, etc. But also, don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Right, right. Shuva ad Hashem Right, do tshuva towards the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Right, kikashalta bavunecha. Sometimes we don't see the forest for the trees. Right, we see kikashalta bavunecha. You get tripped up by the sins. We spent so much time obsessing over how in the world could I have eaten that cheeseburger, etc., etc., that we kind of almost miss right, the root of the problem. Right? We talked about Yerush Hashem, right? that, that's also important, right? that you can treat the root through working on your Yerush, etc. Again, we, we talked about uh, that Ravigdor Miller says that the Iker Tshuva is Hashem Melech, right? that we, everybody asks, why is there no Tshuva on Rosh Hashanah? Ravigdor Miller says there is Tshuva on Rosh Hashanah. It's accepting Hashem as king. Everything else after that is all details. Because once a Kosh Baruch is the king, so then you listen to him and whatever he says. Right? So if we work on that, that's the Iker Tshuva and everything else right, falls into line. So definitely, definitely spend time analyzing your life and looking at the mitzvos and, and the Averos and improving. But don't forget that there's a goal here, there's a bigger goal here of living a life right, that's Ad Hashem that's towards a Kosh Baruch That's Piyazetz Nareba. Rav Chayi Says that the pasuk there, Shuva Hashem Ad Hashem Lokecha Ki Chashal Tabavonecha. Right, return Hashem, return to Hashem because you'll get tripped up by your sins. Says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz and Sichos Moser that the pasuk is trying to teach us that Shuva is a lifelong process. It's not just ten days. Right? It's it's an entire year. Right, it's not just a one and done. Because if you spend ten days working on yourself and then you just chuck it for the rest of the year, right, Ki Chashal Tabavonecha, you're going to get tripped up by your sins. Or you're going to get uh, trapped. You're going to go back to what you were doing. Right? Tshuva is not just something we do in Elul and Rosh Hashanah, and Halavai, in Elul and Rosh Hashanah, and Sarasmi Tshuva and Yom Kippur. Right? It keeps on going. This is one of the reasons why we have Sukkot right after Yom Narayim. Right? One, of the th- one of the main themes of Sukkot is to bottle all the things that we've learned through the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and take it with us. Uh, it's not like Yom Kippur is this magic elixir, that, uh, this mikvah that we dip in once a year, then we're, to- then we're good to go, and then we just go back to where we were. You know, the goal is to use these days as to catalyst the right to the rest of the year. So on Sukkot, we sit in the Sukkah, which symbolizes the Anen HaKavod, right? we're surrounded by Hashem's glory right, for an entire week. We take the Dalad Minim, which correspond to four of the main parts of the body, the heart, the eyes, the, uh, what is it, the heart, the eyes, the lips, and the spine. Right, to show that our entire body should be uplifted right, and used towards the Vodas Hashem, etc., etc. We're trying to imprint this and encapsulate the Yom Noraim, right, concretize that experience in our minds for the rest of the year. Right, Rav Pinkas writes, Melech, Uzer, Moshiu, Magen, we say in Shmon Esra every single day. Melech is Rosh Hashanah, Uzer is Aseris Mechuvah, Moshiach, God saves us on Yom Kippur, and Magen, Hashem protects us on Sukkot, we use Sukkot to protect us through the rest of the year. So Rav Chaim just quotes, Rav Chaim just quotes the Gemara. The Gemara says in Yoma that Shuva, right? Ad Hashem, what does it mean? Ad Hashem Alokecha. That Shuva gets Ad Kisei Kavod. That goes up to the Kisei Kavod. But that if you get tripped up by your sins, right, you won't you won't reach it. Right, you have to keep on striving. It's a constant feel of running up uh, a down escalator. 
<coughs> okay. Sorry, I'm just a little coughing here, and I came in without a drink. There's one more point. One more point. Back to Nesila Shalom. Slana Mareba says, that don't get trapped up in your sins. It's a it's a warning. In, in the sense that the Yitzhahara is very good at, at trapping the Jew right in the sins. Right, in the sense that Yitzhahara very often makes the Jew feel like there's no point in tshuva. Right? Since, again, we because what does Yitzhahara say to us? It's like, you've done tshuva already, and we all know it didn't work. Right? We've done, unfortunately, or fortunately, right, we've done many various varying levels of tshuva in our lives. For some things, it worked very well. For some things, it didn't work so well. And Yitzhahara is very good at trapping a Jew in his past sins. Kikashalta bavunacha. Um... And making you feel like there's no point to do tshuva. Right? Because eh, we tried it once, it didn't work. We tried it once, it was sort of successful. doesn't matter. Right? So they, you've, you've managed to fight off the urge to eat that cheeseburger. Sometimes you go back to it, it's up and down. It's not only a straight line. It's hard as like, what's the point just to forget about it? <coughs> That's what the, the Navi is saying. Shuva Hashem Don't listen to the Yitzhahara. Don't get tripped up when he says... Who cares about, you know, this tshuva that you've done before? It didn't work. What's the point of trying again? That's Yitzhahara. Shuva, Yisrael, Ad Hashem Anybody can do tshuva at any situation, right? The Pesach says, Ad Yom Mosot Chakalo. Akash Baruch Hu waits until the last day. He's waiting there with open arms, right? Akash Baruch Hu, right, wants us to do tshuva, even if we've tried and failed a hundred times, right? And he says at the end also, along the same lines, that the Iker tshuva is Ad Hashem that a person shouldn't feel distant, and cut off from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but a Jew should do tshuva, feeling like a Kaddish Baruch Hu is there for them, right? Is is our God and Father, right? Don't get trapped in Avonecha, right? Dig yourself out, pull yourself out, even though it's not always easy, right? Focus on the Ad Hashem Alkecha. Hashem is here for us, right? That's the life of the Jew, right? You're not defined by your Averos, right? A Jew is defined by Ad Hashem Alkecha. That he's shuva going towards a kashbarku. That's the definition. So even if you fail and two steps forward and three steps back and five steps forward and two steps back, that's how it works. That's how it works. And the the fact that we have failed before at shuva uh, or accomplished and then not and maybe not as accomplished as much as we thought we should have right, is irrelevant. And the yitzhar is going to try and catch us on that. And then he says, don't let him do that. Don't let them do that. Do the tshuva that you know you can accomplish and shoot high and shoot high and, and you'll surprise yourself about what you can accomplish. Okay. <coughs> My voice is about shot, um, but that's the end of that. I wish everybody Oh, I guess Monday we'll do Masil Yasharim, I guess. That's what we do for Monday until you don't get